Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Amen. God's just so good. You know, when I, I've just heard so many people, you know, talk about, you know, how they were blessed on that on Sunday, you know, the, the two different services, very different services, you know. Um, and I just haven't been able to quite get away from from just thinking about about those two services and just about the presence of God. You know, we we just need to get ourselves to the place where we're just we just are so in love with him that we hunger so much and desire so much to be in his presence that we'll do whatever it takes to find ourselves in that place. You know, and so I got to looking over some things, and, and there, was, there were some things that had just kind of been stirring around for a long time, just little bits and pieces of things here and there. And so I just kind of put some things together that kind of hopefully kind of ties it, ties it all up. And... and um, We'll just kind of see where we go from here. And, you know, maybe some of you have a, a testimony. We can, you know, if we've got time at the end of the service, you know, something you know, that God did for you during those services or whatever. But, you know, I just, I just appreciate the fact that God is such a, he's just so different at times. You know, you, don't, you can't come into a service expecting and always just get the same thing. Now, there are certain things that I really like. I mean, you know, I love fried chicken, and I'm, I'm trying to learn to love it less. You know, but, but it's, and it's something I would eat a lot. But, you know, I don't necessarily want it all the time. You know, and God knows, you know, for us that we need his presence, but his presence comes to us in varied forms. Sunday morning was just an awesome, intense, just worship experience. You know, I told Pastor after, you know, I talked to him for just a minute, and he said, well, how was it? I said, it was good, and well, tell me about it. And I'm, and I'm going, well, we didn't around even get around to, to the offering until like 11.55. <laughs> and it was just barely just, you know, here's, you know, here's the bucket, pass it, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, God is just so varied in, in how he does things. Because he, he, he knows that each one of us have different needs. He knows that he approaches each one of us differently. And in those kind of settings, those kind of times, what one person gets can be very different than what another person gets. And it's the same service. And so I got to looking today about just, just, talk, just you know, looking at God's presence. And, you know, there are some, there's three things you know, that we can find out in the word about God's presence. Number one is that he is omnipresent. Go with me over to Psalm 137 or 139. Helps when you put your glasses on, doesn't it? Hallelujah. God is everywhere all the time. Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. See, God is everywhere at all times. And that we should be able to take comfort in is that he's always present. He's always right here. You know, you never go anywhere by yourself. If you're a born-again believer, you know, you're always accompanied by three other people. 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. There's a crowd with you everywhere you go. You got your own posse. But God is everywhere. There is nowhere that you can go. I know sometimes we get in situations in life and circumstances that we feel very alone. But if you understand that God's presence is real and that he's always there everywhere, every step of our journey through life, you know, that's a real comfort. And as a believer, he's indwelling. That's number two. He's indwelling. Go with me to John, the 14th chapter. You probably know this verse. You can quote it by heart. John 14, starting in verse 16. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. What a concept. I doubt seriously that the disciples had even a vague understanding of what that really meant. How can he... They could understand how God could be with them, but how could he be in them? It's the great mystery that the angels look at. How God inhabits a man? How does that happen? You know, thank God it does because Jesus comes and takes up residence on the inside of us. God is in us. So his presence is, he's omnipresent, he's indwelling. And number three, his presence can be manifested. You know, in the Old Testament, they saw physical manifestations of God's presence. They saw the cloud, they saw the pillar of fire, they saw fire come down from heaven. They even saw the Shekinah glory of God fill the temple when, the, when they came in there and the, no one could stand in, the midst, in its midst. They experienced some very physical things. You know, and today, I, I think, unfortunately, there are believers who only want to experience the physical presence of God without taking into account the bigness of the one who lives on the inside of us. How much more spectacular is that than any physical manifestation of his presence? You know, it's the one thing that sets Christianity apart from all other religions. What other religion do you know of where the person who says, I believe in this God can say, I know it, Because he lives on the inside of me. I've got a witness. I've got an assurance. I've got a peace. I've got a confidence that my God lives in me. Nobody else can say that. They look at statues. They look at books. They look at things and say, well, that's my God. No, listen. God's not somebody that you can physically put in a box, but you can put him in this house. This is the house he lives in. Nobody else can say that. And, you know, you, you can't convince me that God does not live on the inside of me. I can't be converted to some other religion as long as I have that assurance on the inside of me 
that God lives here. There's only one God. People say, well, you're very narrow-minded. No, I'm not very narrow-minded. I'm God-minded. There's only one way. To me, that's a comfort. You know, instead of being out there just looking and seeking and trying to decide what's right and what's not and what's real and what's not, God's already told me what's real. And I know it from the inside. Thank God there's only one way. I just find that one way. And and I'm totally assured. Totally assured of what my life is, what it has, that it has meaning, that I know where I'm going, that I know who I belong to. It's all right here. I don't have to look any further than the inside. Oh, what a blessing that is. What a blessing that is to have that assurance. You know, if you can, if you can just tell somebody what you know from in here, You can get them to listen to you. Maybe they're of another persuasion, you know, maybe Muslim or Hindu or something. Ask them, do you know? Can you experience? Do you understand about how God can live on the inside of you? And they'll look at you and go, no. They say, well, let me tell you about it. This is how you can know. People, that's what they're seeking. That's what every religion has always been seeking is an assurance of knowing that on the inside of them, there is a God. He's not out here just, I mean, he is out here. I mean, when you, when you think on the terms of that he's everywhere all the time, yeah, he is out there. But the God we serve is so much more personal than that. It's not just a happenstance. It's not just accidentally bumping into him. It's knowing that as soon as I turn my attention inward, I'm aware of his presence. I'm aware of the one who brought me out of death and into a place of life, out of darkness and into light, out of bondage into freedom. I can just look right here. I know that all my answers, everything I'll ever need, they're right here on the inside of me. And yet, you know, we come into services and and we find God's manifested presence in our midst so often. You know, he manifests himself in in so many ways and so many, so many times when we need him. You know, and, and when we're expecting him and when we're anticipating him. You know, God's a gentleman. He never pushes himself off on anybody who doesn't want his presence. Even believers who just not really aren't all that interested. He'll never push himself off on you. You know, we, we know that God's presence is real. If you're a spirit-filled believer, you know his presence is real. You know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's the initial physical evidence. You want to physically understand or see the presence of God, just start speaking in tongues. That is your verification of a manifestation of his presence. That is not something that comes out of your head. You know, growing up, I just, I just didn't have an understanding of what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. I mean, I did, how, do you, how do you do that? I mean, it just, it just never dawned on me. I just never could get, because we were in a place where it was hang on, turn loose, open up, yield, you know, let go. You know, it was, nobody ever really understood that all you got to do Ask, believe you received, thank him for it, and speak. 
that when you ask him for it, he gave it because it's a gift. And that as soon as, as you receive it, that utterance is on the inside. All you've got to do is just speak it out. I made it so hard. It's kind of like, you know, driving a car. Everybody tells you all about it. And, but you, until you experience it for yourself, you don't understand some things. Lots of things in life, you know, people can tell you all about it, and it just, it just seems so impossible. But once you do it, go, oh, I see. That was, that was a lot hard, not nearly as hard as I was making it. And so for me, that's, that's what I did until one day, well, it was one night, in the middle of the night, driving through Mississippi, I finally said, now, Lord, I've been hanging around these people who say, that all I have to do is ask you and believe that it's mine and that the utterance is there and all I have to do is speak. So I'm going to do that right now. And you know what? He lived up to his word. He did exactly what he said he would do. Just I had to just do a, a simple step of faith and, let, and step out there and just let come out of my mouth what was already in my heart. And, and, you know, looking back on it now, I just, you know, just going to knock myself upside the head because it just took so long. And I made such a big deal out of something that should have been so simple. But there is your, your physical evidence that God is real. You know of any other religion that can do something like that? Well, there's, there's something dwelling on the inside of you that just, I mean, just bubbles and spring forth out, out, out of you like that? No, no. So God's presence is really, really real. You know, and there's, and there's so much that comes out of, there's so much benefit that comes out of experiencing his presence. You know, we, we may see it in a service. You know, when the, the anointing comes on, whoever is in the pulpit, that's a manifestation of the presence of God. Whenever that, that just divine unction comes on you to pray, that's a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Whenever you're in, pr- you're in prayer and suddenly, you know, you just feel like you have just suddenly taken like another leap forward. You went into overdrive, let's say. That's a manifestation of His presence. But I went back over to 2 Corinthians 3.18. We'll just start in verse 17. Now the Lord that is, is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. To me, honestly, a manifestation of the Spirit of God, of the presence of God, I look at it as something that will change me and take me from glory to glory. In the Phillips translation, it says, we are transfigured in ever-increasing splendor into his own image. The amplified version of it says that we are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. Thank God he is a never-changing God. 
But thank God that when I put myself in his hands, in his presence, I am the one who is constantly being changed. Being changed in a good way. Being changed to take myself up from this level to another level. From this place on into another place. So that I begin to more accurately and more completely reflect him. Being changed from glory to glory. And it's not really just on a personal level. When we come in like we did this past weekend... And we put ourselves in a place that we're open to his presence. And just basking, we as a church body, we get changed from glory to glory. This last year and a half that we have had, we've had several services, many services, where at the conclusion of them, you felt like we've taken another step up. There's been another change. To us as a whole. You know, and that's what I felt like this last weekend. Is that we'd taken another step into some things. Hallelujah. Galatians 4, 9, you know, it's kind of like Paul was saying in, in there. He says, he said, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And so every time we take another step, up, I, I, just, I just see the likeness, the image, the character, the nature the position, the work of Christ being formed that more distinctly on the inside of us. Oh, in fact, the the 20th century translation of that says, until a likeness of Christ shall have been formed in, in you. And the New English Bible says, until you take the shape of Christ. Take his shape. You know, We take his shape. It's a choice that we make to take it. And when we come in, we we, we talk so often about coming in prepared. We talk about coming in anticipating. Listen, do you understand that, that God is anticipating us? He's anticipating being with us. So how much more should we anticipate being with him? And and to me, I just I I just I began to think today, what an honor, what a privilege it is to be able to experience his presence and to know that he was anticipating me coming into that place before I got there. What an honor that is to know that, that, I mean, we're privileged. You know, the world doesn't understand the presence of God. And many believers don't understand there is a place where, I mean, you can tangibly experience his presence. You might not see it. And, but bless God, that's our next step is seeing the glory of God. You know, until, until a church body gets to a place where we all come together in one accord, wanting in the same thing and moving in the same direction, we won't see that like we could. Listen, I, 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 know, uh, I know there was, uh, Dr. Dufresne was in a, in, a, in a set of meetings in Mexico a few years, well, about a year or so before he went home to be with the Lord. And the glory of God came in that room that everybody saw it. And it lingered. When they left the room, that, 
you, you could physically see there was, it was like a mist. I mean, and they said they had pictures of it. We actually stayed in that room for a while. Listen, that's not beyond the realm of possibility. And actually, it should be in the realm of we're believing for that. To see that. Hallelujah. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Another, another version said, get close to him and he'll get close to you. Now, positionally, we all know that we are in Christ. We know that God lives with us. Positionally, we know he's as close as he's ever going to get. But relationally, there is always more we can do to get closer to him. You know, I got married almost 46 years ago, and I've been married ever since. That position hasn't changed. But the relationship between the two of us has. It's grown. You know, he got home at 3 o'clock in the morning, Tuesday morning, because they had to fly into Orlando and had to drive home. I was waiting for him at the door. I got, I mean, I was, I had gone, had actually fallen asleep about two o'clock in the morning and at three I woke up and I went, I'm just going to walk down the other end of the house. And as I walked down the other end of the house, I looked out the kitchen window and he's just turning in. So I just met him at the door, opened the door. Hey, huh? See, see, over a period of time, our relationship with someone else should change. It should grow. It should become closer. We, you should become more like one another. We get to the place sometimes where we, you know, I, we think alike in a lot of ways. You know, we can almost finish each other's sentences. See, God wants us to get close to him so he can get close to us so that relationship-wise, we are closer than we've ever been. And see, there's, there's no point at which, okay, That's all there is. Can't get any closer. No. The more we press in, the more we know. There is no way that you and I will ever experience all of God until we get to heaven. Which leaves us plenty of room to grow while we're here. There's just not, it's just not possible for us to know everything about God and to get as close to him as what we will be once we get to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Something to look forward to? Oh, to know that when we get to heaven, we still have so much to learn about him. That we can't learn it all while we're here, but we can sure try. What I find when when I spend time in his presence, and just like Sunday, I just started making a list of the things that happen when we spend time in his presence. Answers. Come. We're changed physically. Healings are there. Physically, you know, we're we're strengthened. Physically, you know, we just tiredness has to go. Emotionally, we're strengthened. You know, you come in kind of downcast and downtrodden and things that are heavy on you, you experience his presence, those things change. Our outlook on life will change. Our outlook on situations, they change. 
We see them a whole different way. When you actually find yourself in the presence of God, and then you go back and you take a look at some circumstance that you're, that you're having to deal with, you look at it as something that's just so insignificant. So insignificant. And that to know, you know, that, that God's on your side, to know that God cares about you, that he loves you enough to spend time with you, to manifest himself to you. You go out changed. Attitudes change. Your perspective about so many things change. Where you came in with a feeling of, I can't, you know, I'm just overwhelmed by all this. The overwhelmed is gone. You're overwhelmed now by him. Hallelujah. What's important to God becomes important to us when we spend time in his presence. God's able to show us things the way he sees them. And when it comes to other people, we desperately need to see them as God sees them. You know, sometimes we have antagonistic conflicts with, with people, you know, maybe on the job or maybe in family situations or whatever. You know, and, and we just think, you know, I just I can't deal with this people person anymore. But you know what? People are like that because there's something missing on the inside of them. And sometimes we, 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 it's, we find ourselves in a, in a place where it's hard to see them as a person who needs God. That's their problem. But, you know, we spend time in his presence. We leave there seeing them like God sees them. Now we have a compassion for them that we didn't have before. Now it's easier to deal with them. Now it's easier to get direction on how to deal with them. Now it's easier to get the wisdom of God on any kind of situation that we may have. Hallelujah. We've begun to understand when we spent time in his presence how important and how vital it is for each one of us to do our part for the kingdom of God. You know, in our homes, in our jobs, in our church, you know, just out in the mission field. Because as soon as we walk out those doors, we've entered into a mission field. We all have a part to play. You know, it's not enough to say, okay, I'm born again now. Everybody just kind of, okay, I, I, I've done all I need to do. No, that's, that's not the God's plan. He's already, before, before, when you were born, he already had giftings and abilities on the inside of you. And he wants you to take those and use them. Do your part. I know when, when we spend time in his presence, God's able to draw out those giftings. He's able to draw out those abilities. He's able to show us some things that we didn't even know we had on the inside of us. And some of the things that we kind of, thought we had on the inside of us, but we're just reluctant to even acknowledge, you know, he brings them to the forefront and says, yep, that's me that put that in there. That's me that wants to use you like that. That's me that, that says you can, you can do this and that you're important in this area, that you have an important part to play using this that's already there. So I, I made all kinds of lists here. We become less focused on ourselves when we spend time in his presence. Self begins to take a back seat position instead of being in the driver's seat. 
E.W. Kenyon said this. He said that we need to cultivate a discontent for everything that is common in ourselves. I, I would interpret that word common as being natural, earthly, carnal. You know, it's, it's time for us to, to just put a focus on things that are eternal and not just temporary down here on this earth. What's it going to matter? You know, when, when you take your last breath as to all these other things that you're so concerned about, it, it won't matter anything, and you won't care. It only matters what, the things that are eternal. And so to do that, we have to get less focused on us. We become more sensitive to his presence on a personal level. It's easy to come into a service like we've had on Sundays, two services we had on Sunday, and to sense his presence, to, to, to feel that manifestation of his presence, to see it in demonstration. And we did. You know, Sunday morning, there were people on their face on the floor, people on their knees, you know, just, just people just worshiping God with oblivious to every, everything and everybody else. That's a physical manifestation of his presence. Sunday night, you know, we had a bang-up time, you know, just, I mean, just shouting, rejoicing. That's what it was all about was rejoicing. You know, what I said on Sunday night is rejoicing is like praise on steroids, you know, and, and see, God wants, wants it to. It was so, so nice because Monday night, Jonathan Sheets and, and uh, Stephanie Martin came in skipping. <laughs> and I went, say, yeah, you can do that. Now, if you weren't here, you don't know what I'm talking about. But the word rejoice, actually, in, in some places, it really means leap, skip, twirl. So they came in skipping. Amen. Amen. Listen, spending time in his presence will strengthen you for something that's ahead. You may come into a service thinking, ah, everything's fine, everything's cool, nothing going on really in my life. And God's presence will just get you so caught up that you go out that you just feel like you have just been fortified. Oh, yeah, and then the next day you find out why you need to be fortified. He will strengthen you for what's ahead. He will establish you more firmly in him in who he is, what, he, what belongs to you, who you are, and what you can do. You can, you can find yourself in a place where you're more determined than ever to follow him, him alone, to do everything that he wants you to do, committed more, more so than ever because you've spent time in his presence. You know, you've, 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 you've sensed that love and that care that he has for you and that, that longing he has to become more intimately acquainted with you. You know, I could just go on and on and on. You know, but, but when you, we find ourselves in these times where God is manifesting himself, you know, it may be in a time like Sunday morning where it was just a time of just, just, just worship, quiet Intense worship. It could be something like Sunday night, you know, where we were just kind of crazy, you know. Just whatever it is, respond during those times to his presence, however he leads you to respond. I don't want a church full of people who are all flat on their face on the floor. I mean, that's not how God deals with everybody. But then again, 
I, I've heard of services, you know, where everybody in the place was out on the floor. That, that, would, that wouldn't bother me at all. But however he, he, he touches you, however he leads you, respond to that. You know why? Because he wants to bless you. And to not respond to him in a time where his presence is being made manifest is to rob God of an opportunity to pour his blessing on you. Now, you know, there are times I'm, I'm a better giver than a receiver. And there are, there are times, you know, when somebody has used this on me and I've used it on other people at times. When I'm trying to give somebody something, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm going, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Just hold it a minute. Are you trying to rob me of the blessing? That, that, I mean, God told me to do this for you. And you're, you're, trying, you're trying to rob me of my blessing? Well, then you actually get them to take whatever, you know, guilt them into it. <laughs> guilt them into taking it, whatever it is you're trying to do for them. You know, I, I, I could hang right there with the best Jewish mom around, actually. But, you know, what we're doing when we don't respond to God in those times is we're robbing him of an opportunity for him to bless us. God's not asking you to do anything that's just for no reason. He has purpose. You may not exactly know what his purpose is. I remember somebody said a number of years ago who was not, this person was not happy that there were things like running and dancing and shouting going on in the church. And they said, well, running never got anybody born again, never got anybody saved. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, but it's gotten a whole lot of people healed. A lot of people got healed because of that. Lori, didn't you, didn't you one time, you, you had a, a bad knee that was injured, and God told her to run. And when she got through running, her knee was healed. See, it's not up to you or me to decide what God's ultimate end is for that. But if, he's, if he is tugging on you to respond in a certain way, then respond. Well, well, well you know, what... What if, what, if, what if I missed it? What if I get it wrong? Listen, he'd rather you try and get it wrong than not do anything at all. I'm going to run out of time. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm not content to hear about what things happened 50 and 60 years ago. Brother Hagen has some marvelous stories of things that happened in, his, in services. But I'm living now. I don't. I don't. I don't. I want. I want to be able to pass on some stories too. I want to be able to pass on some experiences to the next generation, or to other people that I may encounter about how God manifested His presence. We shouldn't be content to hear how it was. We could only should only be satisfied by how it is and how it's going to be, because we're going to put everything into it to make sure that it does. Listen, I'm not here. It's, it's, not, it's not about ambition. It's not, well, let's see if God can use me like they use Brother Hagin. Let's see if God can use this one like, like this one. It's not about ambition. Ambition is an ungodly thing. Desire. It says to earnestly desire and zealously cultivate 
the, the gifts of the Spirit. See, that's not ambition. That's a godly desire. We need to make sure that we, we stay out of ambition trying to be seen, trying to be, okay, God used me this way. Just God use whoever, but I'm open. He wants your availability. He doesn't want your ambition. You know, Sunday night, God used several people. And that's the way it should be in a, in a church service. You know, we, we should be in a place where we all understand that we have something. And as God moves on each one of us to step out and give it, then we follow, we obey him, and we give it. And we do exactly what he said. Well, how can you stop? How can, what, what things put a stop to God's being able to manifest his presence. Well, God gave me three of these uh, several, I don't know, several months ago, just sitting in a church service. Number one is apathy. So I went and looked up what apathy. Two of these, these two, first two, sounded a lot the same, and so I thought, let me look these up just to make sure I got this right. And so number one, apathy. You know what apathy is? Apathy is a lack of interest in or concern for things which other people find moving or exciting. Just don't give a rip. That's apathy. Seems to me that in Revelation 3.16, he talked about being lukewarm. That if you're lukewarm, he'd spew you out of his mouth. Indifference is the last thing God wants to see out of us. He can't get through to an indifferent person. Indifferent person just doesn't care one way or the other. Fine, I don't care. If he moves, fine. If he doesn't, fine. You know, don't make any difference to me. Apathy will stop us being able to experience his presence. Number two, complacency will stop us being able to experience his presence. What is complacency? It's being satisfied with an existing situation or condition. See, we can't afford to get complacent. We can't afford to get to a place where we're just, okay, well, we've had this you know, we've experienced this, but, you know, that, that's good. That's good. You know, we're, we're fine right where we are. It's kind of like a weight loss program. You know, you, you start out anticipating and then wanting to lose 25 pounds, and so you lose 15, you go, wow, I'm down two dress sizes. This is great. And so you never pursue the other 10. We've experienced some things, but we don't need to stop now. We don't need to stop pursuing them now. We're just in the edge of it. I mean, we're so much further along than what we were a few years ago. But this isn't where God wants us to end up. He wants, I mean, he's happy with us where we are. He's happy that we're coming in more and more often. We're seeing the presence of God manifested. But he wants us to keep on going. Will every service be like Sunday morning and Sunday night? No. But you can tell in any service where there is a presence of God through the ministry of the word, through just the praise and worship that we have. You can tell. And he wants us to be able to come in so that every service has a demonstration of his manifested presence in our midst. Every service. Not just hit or miss. Not just because we had two great ones this past week means that we can kind of lighten up and just kind of coast come Sunday morning. No. What it's supposed to do is make us hungrier than ever. 
So that we come in and next week is better than last week. Is that possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't stop going forward. We can't afford to just stand still because really you never stand still. For the person who thinks they're standing still, what they're actually doing is being pushed backwards, drifting slowly backwards. You've got to press in. We've got to continually press in. Number three, how do you stop the manifested presence of God? Distractions in our lives. It's always natural things that will pull you away. Always. Some things are perfectly fine in and of themselves. We've talked about this before. But they can be taken to excess. They can be taken to a, to a place where we're spending too much time on those things. There are things that maybe we don't spend a huge amount of time. It's just, it's just let them go. Just, you know, that's just not what I want to do right now. You know, the guys who came back from the ski trip a year ago, you know, they came back, you know, just saying, God had just been talking to them about just, but just, just not doing certain things anymore. There was nothing wrong with any of it. But instead of wasting their time on it, put their time in this, into this. Put, your, put that same kind of time and energy and effort into prayer that I was putting into this other thing. Something that yields eternal, lasting results. Not something that's just a temporary fun. God's not against fun. Listen, I don't know any person that's going to have any more fun than we had Sunday night. I went home and got my little Lose It app out and went, okay, now how many calories can I put in here of exercise for this service? Hmm. It had to be at least worth at least 20 minutes on the treadmill. Had to be. <laughs> so see, you can come to church and get a workout. Not have to go to the gym once. Amen. And lastly, the, my, this is my fourth one. What can stop the manifested presence of God? Strife. Strife. You know, we have to make sure that we maintain our love walk. And when anything starts to bother us about something or somebody, deal with it. And you know how to deal with it. The best thing to do is just, just say, I let it go. And if you can't, you've got an issue with somebody, go to the somebody you have the issue with, not to somebody else and tell them all about it. You know, you know these things. You know, we have, to, we have to maintain our love walk for God to be able to do in our presence, in our midst, the things he wants to do, for him to manifest himself like he, like he really wants to. You know, one thing I have over the years have heard, you know, people you know, say about this church when they visited is that just seemed, there was just an, a family atmosphere. It seemed like there was just, you know, just such a, an abundance of just people who just loved one another. And I know there are times when we all kind of get, you know, a little sideways with, with each other. But you know what? We can all do a better job of just maintaining our love walk. Just let it go. It's not worth keeping. And sometimes you might need to talk it up because maybe it's just a misunderstanding. You know, it's amazing how many times strife is built over something that, was, that didn't exist ever to start with. It was never a problem. Just somebody misunderstood something. And, it, and the enemy managed to get his foot hold in. But you see, I, I'm just not willing to let that happen. 
You know, I talked a couple weeks ago about praying for one another. You know, and if we do that, we can keep that kind of thing at a, at, down to nothing. As soon as, as, soon as you just, just get an inkling that somebody is struggling in any area, pray for them. Pray for them. And it'll keep all of this where it needs to be. But I tell you what, I'm just, I'm just hungrier than ever for the things of God. And see, to me, that, that really is, is one of the aspects of, of just his manifested presence that we, that we should really highlight in our life is that we come in hungry and we leave hungrier. Because the more we experience, the more we should want. We should become glory hogs. Okay? Glory addicts. I can't live without it. I can't do without it. Okay, I'm not going to do this today. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. For you chocoholics, become Holy Ghostaholics. You know, the person who's addicted to anything has great intentions of never touching whatever that is again. And they just fall right back into it. For us, we don't have to have intentions of never falling into it again. We need to go out here with intentions of every opportunity I have, I'm going to get in on it. I'm going to get a hold of it. I'm just going to just soak in it. I'm just going to roll around in it if I have to. I'm just going to I'm just just going to be just an absolute pig when it comes to the Holy Ghost. When it comes to his manifested presence, I want all and more. I want everything he's got and more. I want God's manifested presence just poured out in here so that people will see fire on top of this building. There is so much more that we haven't seen. Pastor's been talking about that. There's so much we haven't seen. But I want to. I want to. And God is, you can, you can tell, God's changing us from glory to glory to glory. Every service that we come in, that we yield ourselves to him, yield ourselves to his presence, anticipate, enjoy, obey in his presence, we leave here at a different level. And that's where God wants to take us. How far can we go? As far as our desire will will last. As far as our hunger will last. That's how far he'll take us. Don't get satisfied. Come Sunday morning, don't come in here satisfied. Don't come satisfied. I want, I want what that was good Sunday. I want something better this coming Sunday. But I, I don't want to repeat. I want whatever it is God wants for that service. Amen. You know, when the laughing revival happened back in the 90s, people came to church thinking that, that they could only, that's all, that, that's all that there was. If it wasn't a laughing service, we didn't have church. Listen, we can have church with the word of God ministered to us. We can have church with just his his presence here like it was Sunday morning. We can have church with his presence here like it was Sunday night. There's so many different ways God wants us to experience his presence. We need to be open and recognizing every last one of them. Amen. Hallelujah.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.